Welcome to Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. Uh, and today is a very interesting topic. It's uh, one of the most hated bands of all time. ICP. R. JJ Boys. <laughs> Nobody's going to get that reference, Steve. <laughs> so we're talking about Insane Clown Posse today. And uh, yeah, as Steve mentioned, they are considered the... Uh, most hated band ever. So when <laughs> and when I was when we were doing research for this, I was like looking at this on my own, and uh, I was it, it popped up where somebody was like, "Oh yeah, isn't that the band that's like rated the worst band ever?" And I was like, "Wait, no, it can't be like ICP because like what about like bands like NSYNC and stuff like that? Like wouldn't people hate that more?" And then yeah. I started looking at it, and I'm like, "Oh no, it actually is real." Yeah, number so, one. Hated band of all time, the Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. So Joe and Joey. Joe and Joey. <laughs> Violent J and Shaggy, too dope. So basically, Blender Magazine, to kind of give you a backstory on this, Blender Magazine made uh, an article, uh, I think it was called The Shit List. And that's what it was actually called in the magazine. Sounds professional. So this is, <laughs> and then that was in 2003. Right, so that's just how it was done in 2000. Right, they just you know you just make something called the shit list, and then they basically uh, had the what they considered the 50 worst artists of all time, and and the thing I think too that I thought was interesting about this is that's 2003, so that's not too long after uh, like the both of the bizarre albums came out and the. Um, uh, what is it? The uh, the wraith because the wraith, uh, the, wraith, the yeah. first part of the wraith had come out in like what was it two thousand two? I mean, there's some good stuff on that album. The song "Homies" is not our favorite, but you know we're beyond the hate. We're not going to give into the hate. So it's catchy. It's catchy. But one of the things I thought was interesting about this list because this is kind of the jumping off point for us talking about ICP this week. Is there like forty five chick bands on there? Uh, no, there's not a whole lot of that. <laughs> but the, okay, so to give you the what the top ten is, and I'll do them in you know in ascending order. So number ten was Air Supply, and I don't even really remember Air Supply that much. I've I heard of them. I don't remember them that being that bad though. I don't remember them being I, that I horrible. I do kind of remember a little bit of Air Supply. So this the, the number nine was Lee Greenwood, and I don't know Lee Greenwood, so you know, excuse me for not knowing who that is. Number eight is Vanilla Ice. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, number eight, <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Uh, so there's two Psychopathic Records people in the top ten. Wow, how about that? Uh, or at least Vanilla Ice used to be on Psychopathic Records, but anyway. No, he, um, he's, he's on it now. He, he is on it. I didn't see it on the earlier, unless he's like, unless he doesn't have like an official contract with them right now. Uh, I, I'm not sure about the details, but I know he, he is. He's affiliated with them. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so number seven was Asia, and then <laughs> the band Asia, which I don't really remember at all. No, uh, I just remember the joke from Forty Year Old Virgin where he's like. You framed a poster of Asia? Right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. the only thing I remember about that. So maybe they are like the number six worst <laughs> band ever. Who knows? Are the best. <laughs> I've never heard them. Yeah. Okay, number five is Starship. 
Which I mean, I don't remember them unless you know. Is that like a spinoff of David Bowie? Or no, something? I think it's like I think they came from like Jefferson Starship, which used to be Jefferson Airplane. Oh wow! If oh, I it is. Yeah, it is. that's what it is. Starship came from Jefferson Starship. Because the right? guy left, and they're like, "We're Starship now, not Airplane." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so the number four is Kenny G. Which what? And, and my thing is, is like we we personally don't like Kenny G as far as his music goes. It's not our taste. We don't listen to like jazzy saxophone type stuff or you know is, things like that. Is he, should he be considered as the worst of all time? Because isn't he kind of a legend? It, Kenny G's like a legend <laughs> for like the music that he does. Yes, I mean he's like he's considered kind of like this light jazz legend. You know, this list but, is created by haters. So. Right. So yeah, that's kind of why we exist, right? To expose haters. That one is so, not Michael Bolton. Is it? Number three is Michael Bolton. What? I don't know how you can hate Michael Bolton, even if it's not your type of music. Right. And, and, and Michael Bolton's music is not our music. The only thing yeah. I like from Michael Bolton is when he, when he did the thing Lonely Island. That was awesome. With the Jack Sparrow. The guy's, the guy's <laughs> awesome. He also did the Game of Thrones thing where he's yeah. the house Bolton or whatever. Right, it, it, the dude's awesome. He's cool. It'd be like, uh, man, that's so that's so crazy. That, that, I cannot believe that. Yeah, because you wouldn't expect to see somebody like Bolton on that list. But then number two was Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, which I don't really remember them that much. It's not that. really our music necessarily. And then number one, of course, is Insane Clown Posse. But when you look at some that of the list other ones, is bogus. So let me start at the very bottom, right? With the one that they consider like bad, but not like the worst. Number 50 was Iron Butterfly. Now I'm not going to go through all these because we'll be here for like a while doing all of them. I'm just going to point out ones that I think are interesting to note. Um, Iron Butterfly is not terrible though. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why they're on here. Number 48 was like Master P. And I'm like, of all the rappers you could have picked, you, you, besides you saying Clown Posse and, and Vanilla Ice, they took Master P at 48. And I'm like, what? So the is number that the Goo Goo Dolls? The Goo Goo Dolls is number 47 on the what? list. What? And this is at 2003. Google Has anybody Dolls, ever seen this list? People would riot. Yeah, th this is 2003. So Goo Goo Dolls was kind of in everybody's mind still at that point. Um... And when you jump down here, like Man of War, I'm like, no, Man of War is a pretty decent metal band. That's not, I mean, no. Rick Wakeman, he's like the the keyboard dude from Yes, and he's actually like one of the best like keyboard like prog, like progressive yeah, rock keyboardists ever. He's like one of the best keyboardist guys from a progressive band ever. And then yeah, White Snake at 41. What? No, what my thought Steve was. Steve Vai came from White Snake. <laughs> I'm like, if Steve Steve Vai came from White Snake, there's no way that's impossible for them to be on this list. <laughs> and then the like greatest guitarist of all time. And then Blind Melon was 40. <laughs> and I'm like, Blind Melon only had like one album, so how could they be like? And besides, they like there was like three or four songs on that album that were like number one hits or something. That'd be like saying like the Who, the Who, the worst band of all time. Right? No, it's not. It's like they haven't. I mean, I don't think you can say that. Yeah. Unless they've been around for a while, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can actually consider any one-hit wonders the worst bands of all time because they didn't even have enough time to be a band. Right, and then you have number thirty-seven is the Doors. What? Yeah, the fact that the Doors were on here made me just like question the entire list. What? When because I saw of that. what? One bad album? Maybe they didn't hate. I mean, they hated it basically. They didn't like the Doors. They're like Doors, worst band ever, and it's like people still know who Jim Morrison is. So then you get to some other ones, like uh, 26 with Celine Dion. <laughs> and, like, look, we don't listen to Celine Dion. The only thing I really know from Celine Dion is she did, like, the soundtrack to Titanic. 
Which you know, was amazing. That was an amazing song. And for you know any haters, it's like Celine Dion has like tons of money. And she has like a permanent show that she does in Vegas. You, you have to be pretty popular. Yeah, she's proven that she's not crap. And she's won like tons of awards. I mean, she's one of the best vocalist that you can like ever listen to right loretta lynn on there uh <laughs> no they're but, like, like i'm gonna bash loretta lynn while i'm at it so number 23 was creed and i'm like creed's not like a horrible <laughs> band we don't like creed personally right creed's not our stuff because we basically just think that scott stapp ripped off eddie vetter we, i mean you can listen there to the guy. a whole generation of eddie vetter ripoffs but that yeah. doesn't mean they're bad yeah I mean, they, it's just, but to put them as like the number 23 worst band, like, come on. Yeah, you wouldn't have like Nickelback and Puddle of Mud and all that if it wasn't for Pearl Jam. Right. Yeah. So number 22 was Primus. What? And I'm like, Primus, I'm like, I'm like, the, I think probably the reason they did that was because they don't understand that Les Claypool does his music for fun. Yeah, they they don't quite get that band. That's I don't think they of, understand uh, Primus. Primus is an acquired taste, but yet again, that's not a reason for them to be considered a worst They're band. They're not one of the worst bands ever. Worst band is just like, this band is just like constantly like failed on so many levels. That, that <laughs> Primus has never failed. So number 14 was Yngwie Malmsteen. Or Mo Malmsteen, however you say that, Malmsteen, Yngwie Malmsteen. Yeah, Yngwie. The guitarist. One the He's one of the best ever. guitarists ever sells out live shows pretty much every single live show he ever has sells it out he can play opera with the guitar i think that's enough said yeah I mean, um some and consider him the greatest guitarist of all time clapton blah. um yeah so uh, that's very invalid so number 13 was mick jagger and i'm like, like solo mick jagger i guess I, because it you know it doesn't say or they're just like, i hate mick jagger Right, I guess. But so you're saying the lead singer of Rolling Stones is, is one of the worst musicians ever. Yeah, in one of the most successful bands ever made. Yeah. So uh, to give you a little bit of so the reason I, I came I, I came up with the idea of putting this out there was uh, Blender Magazine, the same magazine who did this, started in 1994. We're calling you out. Well, that's, that's the thing. You can't because Blender as a magazine doesn't exist anymore. Well, that's pro that list is probably why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they started in 1994. So Insane Clown Posse started in 1992. That's when Carnival of Carnage came out. Blender Magazine in, you know, in, in this time period came out in 1994. That's when it first started uh, making issues. So Blender Magazine went out of business in April of 2009. Now, if I'm not mistaken... Insane Clown Posse's career has lasted far longer than Blender Magazine. Still going. Yeah, still going. You know, I mean, they, because they outlasted a magazine that called them the worst band ever. ICP's worth $30 million. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> impressive for an underground rap group. Yeah, that's supposedly the worst band of all time. But that's the kind of stuff that gets me. It's like for people that want to trash on like ICP, they have made an entire record label by themselves, basically with their own money. Uh, they have their own, uh, which is Psychopathic Records, by the way. They have their own merchandising shop, which they basically sell pretty much everything, especially now because Hot Topic won't sell their stuff anymore. And that's... That's something we'll get to later on is all of the uh, Juggalo gang FBI nonsense. Yeah, the, but that's one of the reasons why Hot Topic won't sell their stuff anymore is because of the FBI gang thing. Gang clothing. 
because they consider that it's like it's contributing to, to gang paraphernalia. But uh, but they have their own merchandising system that they do to sell you know T-shirts and hats and posters and book bags and I mean the I Insane Clown Posse even has a collectible card game. Let that sink in. We'll come back to that later. But they have a collectible card game that is akin to Magic the Gathering. Totally gangster. Yeah. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later on when we have more time for it. But the the thing <laughs> that, that kind of gets me is that when you have a, a two guys, Violent J and Shaggy Tudo, these two guys dropped out of high school to basically start rapping because it was the only thing they really wanted to do. And for two guys who never went to college don't have any kind of a degree or anything to build up an entire record label basically by themselves with a little bit of help from family members and stuff like that. Mike uh, Clark. Mikey Clark and then Alex Abbas who's like representing them forever. And, you know, they even have like, they have other people that they have signed to their label. I mean, Twisted basically got their start on Psychopathic. And Twisted's one of the, one of the greatest, you know, like uh, horror core rap groups ever. Which is what they consider insane clown posse. Uh, with it's kind of an interesting fact that I found out that one of uh, ICP's biggest inspirations is uh, not even a rap group. It's, uh, um, well, they consider alternative rock now, but it was grunge back in the day. Was Pearl Jam? Oh, really? Pearl Jam was one of their big uh, uh, influences. I wouldn't say inspirations, but influences. That's um, interesting. I would not have thought that because yeah. I would have thought that you know, they would. One of their inspirations would be like you know, like Public Enemy or. Well, NWA. they had, they had a bunch. It was a bunch of rap groups and then a couple rock groups in there, but it was a bunch of rap groups and uh, Public Enemy. I do believe was on there. Yeah, and they also but, like they sampled Prince on Carnival of Carnage. Just the one that stood out to me when I was uh, doing my research on them and stuff. I was like Pearl Jam, and then I was kind of like, it makes sense because they do like to use a lot of guitar and stuff in it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so does Eminem. So mm -hmm. it might be a Detroit thing or it might just be one influence and the other type thing. I, I don't know because I really, um, ICP was first and they were doing it since, you know, the first CD, Inner City Posse type stuff. And, um, so. Inner City Posse got the dog beats. <laughs> <laughs> they got the dog beats. <laughs> they do got the dog beats. So. Uh, well, the other thing too is like uh, Kid Rock came from there. Yeah, Kid Rock also came from there. And Kid Rock was on their first album. Except, yeah, yeah, and uh, he actually basically did what Eminem and ICP did, but in the reverse, where it was more rock than than rap. And now Kid Rock does like country rock rap. Now he just yeah mixes mixes everything else together, which is cool. Which is cool. I mean, I we kinda, like Kid Rock. Yeah, I kind of like some of his new stuff too. He he had a little period there where I was just kind of like. Oh, he's still around, but then he's he's Kid Rock again. He's Kid, he's Kid Rock. Rock. I mean, but that's the thing. Like the whole music scene is is very interesting because when you have like all these people that came through, like Twisted and ICP, that were more of like the underground rap guys, and Eminem, of course, is like the biggest one of that entire group because Eminem came out of the exact same city that they did. So there's, I think, there's an element to. It's something about Detroit that like makes this kind of stuff possible. Well, Detroit in that that exact era, because they all came out basically at the same time. I think Eminem actually took the longest, but is the most successful to get known. Because yeah, he was doing like underground stuff forever until he finally got a chance. 
to get his mixtapes to Dr. Dre. ICP, it took, uh, well, ICP's biggest break actually came from, like, a controversy, which was the record company that they worked for was actually owned by Disney, and then they... That was Island, right? Yeah, Island. Island and Records. And then they kind of fired him, and then <laughs> ICP kind of got famous over that whole um, debacle. And that that's actually really interesting that when you think about it, ICP technically worked for Disney at right. one point. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, so uh, Disney, we know. We know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like Disney eventually was kind of like, wait a minute, we got these two guys like on one of our record labels? Like this is not going to be a good look. <laughs> this is not going to be good for us. This is going to be kind of weird. But And then they're like, no, we need somebody else to sign us. They didn't do that. They were like, well, we're like our own company. Yeah. Uh, they basically just made their own record label, and considering that they do everything basically on their own, and they've never really had you know play on MTV. I don't think I ever saw a video of theirs on on MTV that I can remember. No. Uh, they pretty much did all their stuff like through the internet. I mean, they basically just built their entire thing off of the internet and like word of mouth and just doing their own uh, like promotion basically, and like street teams just putting up posters. Hey, ICP has a show. You know, come see us two Sundays from now. You know, like doing that all the underground stuff. That's why they're kind of considered like the kings of underground rap. Because when you look at what they've been able to do, and they've had no big company aside from the time when they were on Island and they were doing like the Great Malenko, that was the only time that they were really on like a major label. Because after that, they were basically fully independent. And they prefer to be independent too because they have better control over what they put out. You don't have as much distribution, maybe, but you know. I, I think they do fine actually, and they're they're actually considered one of the most successful independent record companies in the world. Um, Great Malenko being their highest selling album, which actually technically only partially got released through Island and the rest of it was actually released through released through Psychopathic Records. Mm -hmm. So they actually profited the most through that, uh, which was their highest selling album, The Great Malenko, and then their second one was The Amazing Jungle Brothers. So The Great Malenko was almost double platinum. Yeah, 1.7 million copies. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot for... For an underground uh, rap CD, but yeah. you know, especially two uh, face painted clowns, <laughs> two broke ass kids from Detroit that basically <laughs> started with nothing but like beat machines, drum machines, and and just lyrics, and look at what they built out of that. Yeah. But since we're talking about Great Malenko. I figured it would be a fun exercise to go ahead and talk about some of the hate that people have for this album because yes. it is their most successful. And we know that it's the highest selling album that they've ever had. So I went to a website because I wanted to see, because you know, in the event that you know we're doing an episode that isn't based on movies, and I know we're going to do a lot of stuff that's based on movies, but we'll do other things like video games and music, like this episode is about a particular you know artist, but... I wanted something that would give me hate comments like IMDb does, our good old friend IMDb. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I finally found something that actually does that for music, and it's called Rate Your Music. And Rate Your Music has all kinds of hate in, all up inside of it. So the first one that I found for Great Malenko, uh, 
it made me almost spit my drink all over my TV earlier because of how stupid this entire review is. And I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's actually quite lengthy. Um, but this review uh, is <laughs> it's kind of funny that like his uh, his tagline on Rate Your Music is, or his uh, his username is uh, Disappointed Father. <laughs> Disappointed son. You're right. <laughs> so this is from August 28th, 20, 2011. And uh, the disappointed father gave uh, the great Malenko a one star out of five. Right? <laughs> Which is like the lowest you can give it on Rate Your Music. Yeah. Um, one star. They, they should, you know, they need a better rating system. Right? <laughs> but uh, it says on here, uh, he says, uh, recently my one son Brandon had gotten into... Uh, hip-hop music and so sometimes he plays this album when we were driving to the pickle barrel what is a pickle barrel? <laughs> i think he meant to say cracker barrel but he, <laughs> he's going uh, to the pickle barrel i don't know what the pickle barrel is maybe he has that in his hometown but uh, everywhere else in the country Somebody it's a cracker barrel email us at beyond the at yahoo.com and tell us what the pickle barrel is yeah that's is it, a real thing is that a real thing or did he was that just a typo and he just said ah i'm just gonna post it anyway if not uh, this 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 dude's disappointed son is is just hating this guy right now. <laughs> pickle barrel is only one or two things. A place where you can like pick fresh pickles and buy them by the barrel, or it's like a gay club. <laughs> the pickle barrel. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good name for that a gay club. That is actually a good name for a gay club. <laughs> pickle barrel. Okay. If anybody uses that, we want ten percent. We want ten percent. Uh, um, uh, or Applebee's. So that was the end of that. Uh, when driving to the pickle barrel or Applebee's. Uh, I must have also heard... sounds like a game. Applebee's. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> we made sure restaurants Applebee's don't sue us. I've taken dates there. Uh, I must have heard it more than any album in the last few months, so I don't think it uh, it, it is a good place for me to start with my review, uh, which is kind of weird because he actually spelled is with two s's, so I don't know what that's about. Um, he says, uh, first, off, <laughs> first off, I honestly don't know what happened to music. I mean, I like some of the new stuff, but it feels like no one plays real instruments anymore. Or has, the, like 70. or has the passion they used to. Oh, this gets worse. <laughs> uh, instead, I am subjected to all this vulgar, fast-talking, and these computer sounds that don't require any skill. I mean, who would have thought the youth would latch on to Duran Duran more than the Stones? So there's your answer. He's he's yeah. definitely an old Michael cat. Michael Clark actually plays real guitar on ICP. Yeah, he's an That's actual a real guitarist. guitar being played during those songs, and those yeah. guys actually have to go in and produce beats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not as easy as you feel like. Oh, I can put anything and rap to that. No, you can't. No, you no you can't. This one's gonna make you laugh out loud. I'm not even gonna let you read it. I'm just gonna let you react to this. It says, "Well, this album features two black men singing mostly about murder <laughs> and cussing more than I'd like them to." <laughs> We got our first racist. Yeah, there we go. So, in case you don't know, Insane Clown Posse is uh, two white guys from Detroit. Two white guys. Not only white, they're white with white face paint like a clown. Yeah. So, Kent's they're the white whole... on top of white. They're so white, they're white. Right. Uh, <laughs> this guy was so wanting to be racist that he's just like, these guys are definitely black. Right. And by the way, if you have ears... They don't sound black. Right, yeah. Um, 
And so it says, uh, uh, yeah, cussing more than I'd like them to. Uh, other subject matter seems to include rape and stuff about magicians and going to the carnival. I guess the target audience is for people who like MC Hammer. <laughs> what? I, I nearly lost my shit earlier when I read this. Because MC Hammer? I was like, this guy's frame of reference for like rap music is basically MC Hammer. So MC Hammer cusses a lot and likes to talk about rape? <laughs> what, what what did I miss? I don't. I mean, I don't remember anything about rape really. The only thing in here that I could think of that he's like maybe talking about is, you know, the the the, the dating game song that they do, and you know, Jay the talks. Nedden game. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess it's like the Nedden game thing where uh, he's talking about like you know, uh, like the girl's you know daughter is like thirteen and she has some big tits and. Like that kind of he's stuff. Not talking about fucking her though. He's talking about fucking the chick's mom. Right. Exactly. He's so, not raping her. He's just talking about fucking. Yeah. Her. Yeah. It's exactly. But this guy apparently thought that there was some kind of rape stuff involved there. That's what I'm getting. It doesn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. Because I'm like, no, nowhere in that entire album do they talk about rape and Great Malenko. Because I've listened to it a bunch of times. You've listened to it a bunch of times. I don't remember any like. In again, if you if you guys find it in the lyrics or something, just send it to us or email us at you know, beyond the hate at yahoo.com. But oh, I was gonna say something because this article just made me think of it. It's okay. like, what, what's the chances next ICP CD they 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 talk about something about Harvey Weinstein raping a houseplant? Yeah. Isn't that gonna happen? That's gotta happen, right? Yeah, <laughs> they, they've got Yeah, they've got to do that because I mean, no means no, Harvey. No means no. That plant didn't deserve that. Yeah, plants are people too. <laughs> uh, so, so next on, he says um, uh, the instruments are really cheap sounding, and the vocals are either hoarse and raspy, or high pitched and snotty. I don't like either of the vocalists. He's just talking about Shaggy. <laughs> Probably. I don't like either of the vocalists. And I'm not sure if they'd be able to get a record deal back in the 70s. But I guess the record industry will try anything once. Okay, first off, they don't really have like a regular record deal. They make this shit themselves. <laughs> and uh, newsflash, anybody could get a record deal in the 70s. Yeah. There's yeah. very... Look up CDs or bands from the 70s. A lot of them's good that's played on the radio still to this day. Look it up, though. Yeah. There's a whole genre of music that died in the 70s. So that argument is You're talking invalid. about disco? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that is invalid. <laughs> disco doesn't exist anymore. Um, so when he also he says in here, he says, uh, what's a juggalo, which we used for our intro because we had to. I figured uh, that explained it all. I was about to say episode over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seems to be an anthemic, uh, anthemic rock track, or ra anthemic track about what is to be a, about what it is to be a juggalo. Uh, there aren't many answers, and since I'm not really sure what one is, it is hard for me to understand. They reference Hulk Hogan and and the popular <laughs> Hulkamania trend, as well as classic board games like Monopoly. Uh, these. <laughs> In case you want to, you know, eat Monopoly and shit out Connect Four. Uh, the, these lyrics are pretty good, but are intermingled with stuff about ejaculating and anal penetration, which turns me off the song completely. If these aspects were removed, I think it'd be really funny, but as it stands, it's just too obscene. No, the, the thing where they're talking about Hulk Hogan, like, and power bombing <laughs> your mom through a table. 
is Sabu Jamama to a coffee table. Yeah. It is one of the best lyrics they've ever done. And that was on The Great Malinka. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so that was, uh, and, and so at the end he puts, until next time, Ben. <laughs> but. Uh, is that Ben Kenobi? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it could almost sound like the LB1 Kenobi would be the kind of guy who would like, not I get this. I do not understand this. Yeah. <laughs> It would be epic if we actually had Ewan McGregor to read that. Yeah, we would it's be? like, hey, here's a Beyond the Hate comment by Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> like how Kimmel does the mean tweets. We, yeah. could, we could just have like hate basically just like put through the filter of Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah, if any celebrity wants to do that, we're open. Especially you, Manzukas. Yeah. <laughs> Scarja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um... Uh, so this, uh, so this next one about Great Malenko is, uh, by somebody named Ambishi. Ambichi. Ambichi, probably, I don't know. Um, so they gave, uh, the Great Malenko half a star out of five. <laughs> so you can already tell, I didn't like this. Um, so this is September 12th, 2010. Uh, it says, uh, listening to the first half of this album, I can act- if I can actually call it that, uh, poses a certain, a certain, poses <laughs> certain queries such as, did they just bash white trash rednecks, i.e. their own fan base? Now, okay, so they were surprised by this in 2010? 2010. So if you know anything about ICP, let's just go ahead and get this out here. That's a thing. It's not. It's not a shock. <laughs> you're almost kind of speechless because you're like, I can't believe somebody would actually believe this. It's like, are they? Is this the first time they've done this? No, it's not. It's basically their first CD. Yeah. I mean, their first CD to now, they do it. Yeah, they've talked about rednecks constantly. Yeah. And they also have a T-shirt inside their store that's basically saying "fuck rednecks," and it's like, it's like a rebel flag on fire. Yeah, they they do concerts in the South, but those aren't the people that they're talking to. They're talking to bigots, basically. Yeah, racist people, the people that wanted the rebel flag to stay up in the in the state house, and yeah, the, and, the people that that basically the same people that Eminem talked to when he he talks about this, the same exact stuff. Exactly. Yeah, so, we're not going to get political about it, but. That's not a surprise. In 2010, yeah. uh, if you're like just now being introduced to ICP, like their eighth album in, then you, you probably you need to start at the first one. Right. You don't need to just be like, oh yeah, I just heard the the, the missing link. This is pretty good. No, you need to start at one. You start at Carnival of Carnage. Carnival, <laughs> Carnival of Carnage, and, and then work your way up. <laughs> so, and so it says. Uh, so it continues on. It says. Uh, did they just? Uh, did they really just do simple A B rhyme schemes that use predictable patterns? And uh, it, it says, moreover, do their lyrics really make sense? Yes, they in fact very much make sense. Yes. So they, for, they do. I mean, <laughs> predictable. That's something I've never heard ICP being described as. But they're talking about their rhyme scheme, like the way that they do their rhymes is that like the the rhyme at the end of the uh, at the end of the the verses and stuff like that, the end of the lines is always kind of predictable. But that's what rap is based on. Music itself is based off of rhyme scheming like that. 
there's been instances where people can sing along to songs that they're hearing for the first time on the radio, and there's a reason for that. It's because music is created to be kind of unifying, and it's not supposed to be like, oh, I can't sing this, it's too hard. It's supposed to be meant for you to sing along to and connect with. Right. That's what music is. So predictability actually is not a bad thing, it's a good thing in music. Predictability is a bad thing in movies. And I just think that, like, as far as the lyrics thing goes, like, we understand that, like, a lot of their lyrics is pretty out there. It, it's crazy. But when you hear Violent J talk about it, he says that basically, he's like, the music that we do is designed to be an escape. And and Shaggy was like, yeah, he was like, you know, the, you know, during the day, you know, you go to work, you have stresses, you got stuff you got to worry about, bills, kids, you know, all that kind of shit. He was like, but when you put on some music, you put on some music cuz you want to escape, you want to relax, you want to be able to do uh, to, to do something that gets your mind off of like reality. And there's not a whole lot of reality stuff in ICP's music as far, you know, as far as like you know, you know, like all the the horror elements, like the juggler, you know, and the songs like that are, you know. But they're telling me in one of the bizarre albums, whenever Jay is doing that, once uh, love type sounding song where he's talking to his friend on the phone. What's that song called? Uh oh, on bizarre, I can't remember. You're telling me that you fully expected that song to be about Eminem's mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because that was one of our favorite songs back then, and that song was good on its own. And it's like, at the end of it, he's like, all right, talk to you later, Eminem. Right, and, yeah. And, and that's when the whole rap battle thing was going on, and um, Eminem's a more successful guy and all that kind of stuff. But during that little quarrel right there... Uh, M was trying to get himself known. M was trying to get himself known, and... Uh, it was a great battle, but uh, if there was a winner there, and I like both. I, I love Eminem. He's one of my favorite Me too, yeah. rappers. You can't deny what Eminem's done. He lost to ICP. <laughs> uh, ICP was relentless, uh, <laughs> and they're not very easy. Eminem's not easy to take on either, but I don't know if Eminem had the energy ICP had in that battle and wanted to continue like they did and I, I think they pretty much won that. Yeah. Uh, no, no one else has been able to do that to Eminem but I think ICP deserved that one. But the thing that gets me is that for all the people that want to talk about uh, that ICP has like you know terrible lyrics or they write about just like the stupidest you know lowbrow stuff like like murder and like all these things like the like all these like carnival game type things and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, Eminem has a ton of lyrics where he's like killing his mom, killing his girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. He's done there's one there's one song which is one of my favorite Eminem songs where some fat chick eats his leg like an egg roll and he shoots her and it's called Around the World. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite ones. But that song, that song actually doesn't make any sense. No, but it's great. But the, <laughs> but for all the people who want to trash on like ICP about their stuff, it's like, look, there's some crazy stuff even in something like Eminem, who's fairly yeah. mainstream. Yeah, you know. Now. 
Uh, but, you know, if you're going to compare them together and, you know, take one side of the rap beef or the other, it's like, you know, they, they, they all have crazy lyrics. It's just Eminem happened to be, you know, attached with Dr. Dre and, and was on Dr. Dre's Aftermath records. So, of course, he could get more push. People thought that he was more of a legit MC, and we can't deny what Eminem is as an MC. He's one of the greatest MCs we've ever known, and that's looking at people like Tupac and, and Biggie and people that everybody considers to be some of the greatest lyricists ever. Nas. Yeah. You know, Nas is one of the greatest lyricists we've ever heard. You know, even, you know, like pretty much everybody in the Wu-Tang Clan. Method Man is one of the greatest lyricists we've ever heard. But to say that Jay and Shaggy don't belong in that because they dress up in clown paint, it's like, I think there's a double standard there where it's like Eminem and D12 talks about some of the craziest fucking shit. I mean, at one point, a dude was talking about like raping a pit bull. No, Bizarre in that group was yeah. talking about raping his grandma. So. I thought that what it was. It was grandma. Yeah, his grandma. Yeah. Oh, I think he also talks about raping. That yeah. dude talks about raping so much. That's really his only rap, Bizarre. <laughs> and he's really good. But all he wants to do is talk about raping something really disgusting. Right. And uh, no one says anything. And people that. love D12 for that stuff. Yeah, if, if, there, there'd still be D12 right now if Proof didn't die. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Proof. <laughs> but one thing that's sort of an interesting side note about that because of the whole Eminem versus ICP beef is that uh, how it basically ended was because of Proof. When Proof was still alive, he basically you know put out an invitation to ICP to come over to a party that was basically, it was Eminem's like entourage, it was his people, it was other people from like D12, and Proof was like, I want you guys to come over here because, you know, basically, I, I want to smooth things over so we don't, neither side has to deal with this anymore. And everybody respected Proof. Everyone. I don't care which side you were on. Everyone respected Proof. Yeah. And, you know, basically, the way that they looked at it was they were like, if Proof is inviting us to come over to, to do a party or like a get-together... And, you know, Eminem is, you know, big friends with Proof. It hit everybody hard in D12 when Proof died. Anybody pretty much in the Detroit rap scene that knew Proof loved that guy. I'd say it hit ICP a little bit, too. They weren't yeah. as close as M was, but they, they were, it still affected them because Proof was one of those guys. It was a respect thing. But ICP was friends with Snoop Dogg also. ODB, yeah. they were friends with him. They did songs with him. Uh, 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, 3-6 Mafia, somebody that Eminem also... They pretty much associated with the exact same people, but those ICP and Eminem couldn't get along. Yeah, and then eventually it took somebody like Proof to basically build the bridge between and just be like, look, we're all past this now. And even, even Shaggy said in the interview on Shade 45, he was like, basically it was like high school type shit. He was like, you know, we were we were really into it at the time, but eventually as things, you know, changed and, you know, the years went on, he was like, we look back at it now and it's, you know, it's, it's just kind of like a thing we did for a time, but it's not, it, it's not something that they would do again, you know, like, because they're basically like, we're done with it, it's over with. Guarantee you, if, if Eminem died tomorrow, let's hope he doesn't, he still has a lot of greatness left in him, uh, ICP would do a... A tribute to Eminem on their CD. I guarantee it 100%. Like, yeah. 
Because I think now they now that all the beef is over with, they they more than likely would do that. They I'm would, not saying they hang out on the weekends, but they definitely give them a tribute. But it's a respect thing. Yeah. And uh, so, continuing on here with uh, with uh, Abishi's comments. <laughs> oh bitchy. <laughs> oh bitchy. So getting back to where we were here. It says, uh, sometimes I'm not sure if these guys are, in all seriousness, adamant about telling an impressionable youth to ask about the validity of magnetism or if they are assholes using scanty and sightful lyricism in an attempt to appeal to a younger generation and sell records because they are too fucking lazy to join America's workforce. You got me on that one. So they want Jay and Jay to get a job instead of... Successful rap career. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Um, now, to be fair, professor, would you would you want Shaggy to be serving you burgers at McDonald's? I would not hire Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very sure that like that Violent J and Shaggy Tudo were the most employable people ever. They would be homeless. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> this is what they can do. This is their talent. <laughs> That's their skill. They are musicians. And you know, and the other thing too that people forget is like they also built like an entire like wrestling promotion, JCW, basically by Which themselves. Is a fun watch. If you guys ever want to entertain yourselves and see something interesting instead of never mind. Uh but it, it, um <laughs> There's three initials and two of them have a W in it. <laughs> Uh, just watch that because it's really entertaining. And Raven is actually their manager, uh, most of the time in those promotions, which is awesome. If you liked old school wrestling like I did, Raven was one of my favorites. Yeah, so cool to see him show up every now and then and uh, talk because he's he's amazing. At it. So to say that they're they're too they're they're what is it? Uh, they're too fucking lazy to join America's workforce. I think they have the ability to find work for themselves. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think that they're lazy because they do like, I mean, they they literally just work like nonstop constantly. I know a lot of people don't consider music work, but concerts are work, and especially when you yeah. own you own your own promotions and record companies, which means you have to build sets, hire people, set stages, instruments, and all that kind of stuff yourself because you're basically the owners of your entire company. So, right? Uh, yeah, they they have to do some stuff. Yeah, the, uh, you have to work. I mean, considering that they're they're you know all the different things that they run, to say that they're they're too fucking lazy to get a real job, it's like, well, you don't have thirty million dollars, so Shine Down's considered a hardworking band, and uh, the lead singer did an interview that said they wake up at like noon and uh, start working at like two, and then end at like eight. And right, they work, man. That's what he says. I mean, that's like. Six hours. <laughs> yeah, basically. It'd be nice if we all could just work like six hours. Yeah, that I wish I could wake up at noon and do some interviews and then do a concert and go... And then go party for the rest of the night. Go party and then be like, man, we work. Yeah, <laughs> we work we hard. We sign autographs for like 200 people a night after that. And it's <laughs> like, uh, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see... Uh, uh, so Abishi continues on here, and there was another part in here uh, that I was going to uh, to get to. Uh, it says, I refuse to listen past the halfway mark of this sack of fetid feces, but I will happily indulge in bombarding the amount of material I can get to. Every song I have heard is laden with almost new metalish guitar, 
Ouch, no good. Strike three. Never mind, I think I'll just go ahead and end right there. After all, why would, uh, why would any ICP record need an astute analysis of lyrical themes? Fuck the world? I don't think so. You were just third-rate rappers. Uh, and they also specify that they mean white rappers. So, you know, as if that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, More it doesn't. It doesn't. And uh, <laughs> anytime you want to stop the CD, that's cool. I mean, yeah, right. It's not like they're like, we need that CD cell right there. That guy that apparently already bought this CD. I mean, I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, it's, if you're going to sit there... I say the same thing about movies. If you're going to sit there and listen to a CD just to nitpick it, then don't listen to music. No. Uh, figure something else out. Or listen to classical because you're too picky in taste. Yeah. Or, or something like that. Just don't, don't buy something that you know you're probably already wanting to judge before you do it. Yeah. Because that's most people, Because that's right? prejudice, basically. Yeah, it's prejudice. You're just finding a different outlet for prejudice. And uh, we've already seen a racist, and we've just seen somebody else that's just bitter. Yeah. Uh, another guy actually thought ICP was black, so I don't even know how he listened to it. <laughs> I mean, they, their faces are everywhere. Yeah. All you have to do is, uh, <laughs> there's a thing called Googling, where you, you look up an image search on what somebody looks like. Yeah, I mean, but, or just listen to them. I mean, they don't sound like black rappers. No. <laughs> they don't use the N-word once in any of their music. Because they can't. Because yeah. they're white. Right. <laughs> uh, they, they don't do anything like that, and they don't even try to. They don't even they don't even do things like, you know, you always hear like in rap music they talk about like, you know, popping bottles of champagne and cristal and like Ciroc and like all these different vodkas and stuff like that. What does ICP drink? Fago. Fago. Which is basically like the cheapest soda you can possibly buy because they grew up broke as hell and like in the chaos of uh, well actually both of them basically were kinda like raised with their moms. So they, they didn't have like a ton of money and so for them you know fago is like their champagne and that's one of the things that i think people kind of forget is that they're not your typical rappers they're not going to put a lamborghini in their video they're not going to have like scantily clad chicks in their video they could care less about that and they're not going to be popping like two thousand dollar bottles of champagne in their and video. these guys are movie stars they did a movie called big money hustlers <laughs> Which, for people that haven't seen that movie, it is fucking ridiculous. It's hilarious. It is great. Yeah. If you're a fan of bad movies that are entertaining. It's like a C, it's like a C grade movie, but it's hilarious. It is great. And then they made another movie, Big Money Rustlers. And that's... Uh, that was the Western movie, wasn't that's it? That's the Western yeah. movie. Yeah. Still wearing clown paint, mind you. They wear clown they paint They don't take that paint off. They're very dedicated. And then <laughs> any of the other people that's in it, that's also part of their, you know, entourage, look exactly the same as they do in their group. Right. They don't take any of that off. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So then the, here's a couple little short comments that I found that just kind of touched on a few things, and then we'll wrap up Great Malenko. But very unlike Kevin Spacey. We do not support that. Right? <laughs> so this one was by Byron Carter. This is November 15th, 2008. Yet again, gave the album a half a star review. 
And it says, uh, all this... I'll uh, give you a half a star, Byron. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what have you been doing? I think I'm going to give your review here a uh, half star. Let's hear some of your music. Yeah. I love when someone did music reviews that they had to post their own music to post their reviews of other music. I think that cut down on some. Right. It's like uh, movie critics the same way. It's like, I'm going to criticize this movie. Please post your short film. He'll like, here. I mean, they'd be like, never mind. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you guys don't really know what I like. It's no, no, like, no, 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 you can criticize anything you want. Just <laughs> post your little movie there. Let us criticize that. Yeah, uh, but it's so Byron says all this sounds like is, a, and I'm actually reading this verbatim because it's bad. All this sounds like is a couple of emo kids whining about their make-believe problems. I find it ironic that they hate rich people because I'm sure both of them are millionaires by now. They are, and, $30 million. Right, well, in 2008, they still had plenty of money. Yeah. Uh, and in this point, uh, and at this point in their careers, we're probably pretty well off. Their entire fan base is immature teenagers and trailer trash types over 25 who still live with their mother and have never had a job. It's so, very specific. That's very specific. So somebody apparently is just like really stereotyping an entire fan base right there. Yeah, an entire, yeah, basically an entire generation. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to bet he's writing it out of his mom's basement. Yeah, he's probably in his mom's basement. Just really, really mad. <laughs> but that's just somebody like that who's like, like trailer trash types it, it, over 25. It's like... It, I, it's so me, specific. It's very specific. That's a very directed form of hate right there. And then, uh, so the next one is uh, is hooked, is what their username is. Uh, this is September third, two thousand five. Yet again, a half star review. Okay, so mm -hmm. it says, ah, maybe once a decade, uh, once uh, once a decade, a band comes along that is so great, so prolific, and musically talented. ICP is not one of those bands, and they put that in quotation marks. Is this dude doing like a tenacious D speech type thing? I don't know. <laughs> because that sounds like from the movie. But right. anyway. <laughs> uh, Juggalo, what an awesome word. It describes the kids that stood too close to the microwave. This album, this just as much as every other one of their albums, is horrible. I can't wait for the day when God decides to kill them for turning people into idiots and for causing us normal people the trouble of listening to them. So before that happens, you could save him some time and stand a little closer to the microwave. The only way you can actually listen to ICP is if you're buying their CDs, downloading them. They're not on the radio. Right, yeah. Uh, so this guy is buying CDs and be like, God, kill these guys. When's their next CD coming out? Right. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was a good note to end on for like Great Malenko because that kind of, I think he got into a lot of the things that people that hate about ICP. They just feel their whole catalog is horrible. That's just Great Malenko. I mean, that's just Great Malenko. I haven't even got into the Amazing Jekyll Brothers yet. And just for full disclosure, my favorite album from ICP ever is The Great Malenko. Great Malenko, mine's The Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Uh, right. So that's. Kind of the ones we're focused on. They're also the two highest selling, uh, which is, you know, 1.7 million copies and 1 million copies. And then their worst uh, selling is uh, the, Tempt the Tempest and the Marvelous Missing Link. Yeah. Uh, which is 2007 and 2015. So kind of their newer albums. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much most of their older stuff, like their first three albums, sold like over 500,000 copies. Yeah. But they didn't reach a million copies and get platinum until Great Malenko. That was their fourth one. Right. 
And so the fifth one was the Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Amazing Jekyll Brothers. And Jekyll Brothers did just over a million. So it's still a very, very good album for them. And, you know, for a lot of people, it is their favorite album, including you. So one of the things that I saw was there are a lot of people who do love the Amazing Jekyll Brothers. And they say it's their favorite album from them. So you're not alone, Steve. There's a lot of people that love it. I, I feel it's, it's pretty great from start to finish. It's just one of those... Um I don't know. It's just an exciting thing. It's no, it's no less offensive if you're that type of person that wants to be offended. Um, but there's only two type of people: the people that want to be offended and the people that want to enjoy things. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be offended, you're going to be offended. Right. But you're probably I'm, offended by us, but <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> because um, we're beyond your hate. We don't care. Actually, so. email us and. Uh, We'll put you on the show. Yeah, if you give us hate comments, we will steal your stuff verbatim on the show. Yeah, we will say we'll we'll, we'll say what you <laughs> want to say, and then we'll go ahead and defend ourselves. That's how things work. Yeah, this is a democracy. Uh, you can say what you want to say, but I can also say what I want to say. Right, <laughs> but for the people who always want to talk about like their stuff is offensive, it's like when you look at some of their their lyrics and what they come up with. Okay, some like a. Uh, like, Piggy Pie is basically, that entire song is about uh, corrupt people. It's like, one of them's a judge, one of them's a cop, and the other one I think is like, like a piece of shit dad. Mm -hmm. And they basically all get murdered in that song. But they're all corrupt people. So, to say that, you know, well, they just talk about like murdering people. Most of the time when they talk about murdering somebody in a song, it's because they're corrupt in some way. The song Hallelujah is about yeah. preachers that basically prey on people's emotions to get money. Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey, and Roy Moore walk into a house. Michael Jackson says, get your sick fucking asses out. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yet ICP is somehow lewd and vulgar because they talk about murdering people. They do, but when a lot of times when you dig into the people that they have die in their songs... It's people that are corrupt, whether it's police or it's judges that give kids unfair sentences and you know, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, people that are molesters or pedophiles or mm. all that kind of shit. Deadbeat parents that don't take care of their kids and they're just pieces of shit. So for everybody who wants to say, oh, well, ICP, they just talk about murdering people. Yeah, look at the people that are getting murdered in those songs. They're not innocent people. These are people that are pretty fucking evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But, uh, but <laughs> when you start digging into the amazing Jekyll Brothers, they have uh, this one guy here. He actually gave Jekyll Brothers one and a half stars. Which I think might oh, be a record. Oh, shit. I don't think we have anybody that's... Oh, the next one's a, uh, a, a one and a half stars. But on here it says, uh, The Amazing Jekyll Brothers is considered by many to be the best album of Insane Clown Posse. Mm -hmm. The Amazing Jekyll Brothers show exactly what the Insane Clown Posse is about. Horrible, depraved clown rappers talking about all kinds of shocking, violent acts. Uh, and uh, it says, well, at the same time, pretending that their violence is part of some larger scheme called the Dark Carnival. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's about. The Dark Carnival, for people who don't know, is basically them saying, if you ever listen to the intro of Carnival of Carnage, basically what they're saying I, in the intro and in the liner notes in the CD is that they kept... Uh, 
you have uh, all these uh, government agencies that spend money on things, but the one thing that they kind of forget about is the ghetto. They forget about the hood. They forget about the lower class areas, the trailer tra trailer trash areas, and like you know the broke white people, the broke black people that have no money, and they don't do anything for the streets. They don't do anything for the schools. And so basically what they were thinking was, well, if basically rich people in the upper class think of us as a carnival freak show, we're going to take the carnival to you and we're going to show you the freak show. We're going to go to your hometown and we're going to show you the wicked, depraved shit, the wicked shit, as they mm -hmm. call it, so that you understand that like the life that we live is not at all what you read in your newspapers. We're going to take it to you, put it in your face, and let you see that, hey, look, these ghetto areas and these things that we have to deal with, like whether it's, you know, dealing drugs or it's running guns or, you know, criminal activity and stuff like that. Or stabbing people. Yeah. <laughs> I stab people. <laughs> uh, it's a great song. Yes, it is no, a very good song. That song is just about stabbing. It, it, that song is really just about Violent <laughs> J stabbing people. But you can tell from the song that he's it's like, just a joke. he's mentally like insane. He's unstable in the yeah. song. That's what makes that song funny because he's definitely crazy, you know. But uh, but that's what they were talking about in the Dark Carnival was, you know, if you guys want to treat us as like a carnival freak show, we'll take the freak show to you. We will bring the carnival to you and you can see what happens. And so the problem I think that happens a lot of times when you look at some of these some of these things like where somebody was like, did they really say fuck 93 times in a song? Yes, they did. They really did say fuck 93 times yeah, in a that's, song. That's what they did? Yeah, fuck the they're, world. <laughs> they're a man of the word. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if you skip ahead here a little bit, uh, it says, um, uh, unfortunately, the rest of the album is pretty much garbage. There is uh, another good song or two, but that's about it. For the most part, the Amazing Jucko Brothers is an inane mess of content meant to offend middle school students. There just isn't much else to it. If you let your kids listen to this in middle school, you are a bad parent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, you you start looking into some of this stuff where it's like people say that you know they you know they have all these like violent lyrics and all this kind of stuff and then you have the whole thing that happens in 2011 where they get classified as or the juggalos specifically get classified as a loosely organized hybrid gang yeah a loosely organized hybrid gang and they're uh considered gangs in the states of Arizona, Utah, California, and Pennsylvania. Uh, the New Jersey Department of Law and Public Safety says Juggalos are the fastest recruiting gang in America. Um, and then they give some uh, they give some occasions of people that consider themselves Juggalos and gang acts. And there are gangs... Uh, I think primarily from what I researched in California that consider themselves juggalos, they they recruit as juggalos. But we're talking about 10% of all juggalos. Yeah. 90%, 80 to 90% of juggalos are all peaceful people that just listen to a man and like the, the culture. Some of the instances of, um, I'm not going to read the whole stories, but I'm just giving you some some examples of the crimes that they're talking about. Juggalo kills, has sex with his girlfriend. In that order. He kills her, then then sleeps with a dead body. Um, and there are songs about dead bodies inside ICP's yeah. music. But yet again, it's a fantasy, people. 
Yeah, this isn't something that they're like, hey, you should do this. A juggalo cut off a woman's finger as part of a juggalo ritual. Juggalo stabs war vet with a uh, meat cle cleaver out of the lyrics uh, of it. Um, juggalo goes on gay bar rampage with a hatchet, kills cop and a girl. Uh, uh, th those are things that are that are done, but you're talking about punishing an entire uh, fan base for something that very little of the fan base does. And we were even using something like um, the guy that killed uh, or the assassination of uh, Reagan. Yeah, uh, I think it was Reagan. That was John Hinckley. John Hinckley. He did it for Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster wasn't... Fans of Jodie Foster wasn't made to register as gang members. Uh, Kiss... If a couple members of uh, uh, fans of KISS... The KISS Army. The KISS Army did things, which I, I don't have any proof with or what not. I'm pretty sure people that liked KISS have done bad things before. Uh, out of all the fans of KISS, they don't have to do that. Right. Uh, and yet again, KISS wears black and white paint, and they have... Like, you know, logo people wear their logos, people wear their t shirts. There isn't a whole lot of difference between, like, you know, the Juggalos and the Kiss Army. Eminem, there are stories on Eminem uh, where a lot of his fans were kind of doing what the songs were saying. That were kind of in the sim same situations. None of those fans or the Eminem fan base didn't have to register as a gang. Yeah. Um, as a bunch, you know, as like the Shady Gang or something. Pearl Jam, a couple of the, the kids committed suicide because of the the uh, song Jeremy and stuff like that. Uh, Which itself was based off of one of those incidents. It was uh, Yeah, it was also based off one of those incidents. They didn't have to, uh, the Pearl Jam fans didn't have to uh, register as a gang. Um, and this is, this is one of those problems because... Um, they're considered like ICP is like running this gang, like it's, you know, Violent J and Shaggy Too Dope. Like they're the leaders. You know, Shaggy Too Dope has three kids of his own, two twin boys, Cyrus and Isaac Too Dope, and Mahala Too Dope. I'm just kidding, that's not the real last name. That would be kind of dope if he actually made them... With that last name. But uh, Cyrus joined the army in 2014, so he's obviously not a gangster. And I mean, if he was the son of criminal masterminds, he would... But, see, uh, military people have been kicked out of the military. There's been kids taken away from people because of uh, this, their, their fandom to ICP. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to a guy one time about this. And he actually got pulled over in, I, well, I can't remember exactly where he said he was. He was, I think he was outside of Detroit. And he got pulled over because he had a hatchet man on the back of his car. And so they basically took his information and they registered him into a database as a gang member. And he, he has uh, like two degrees. He has like a college education. Um, I, can't, I think one of them is in like, I think it's in uh, chemical engineering. I forgot exactly. But he's listed as a gang member, and he has a he has a he had a daughter because his daughter was with him when I talked to him, and the thing that gets me is like so that guy is considered a gang member now. I don't even know if he has anything criminal on his record at all. Probably doesn't. 
<laughs> uh, but people that have tattoos and do things like that, people always just assume that they're bad people. Right. And they just, I mean, this is not, this isn't like a funny part or anything like that. It's just a whole base of people shouldn't have to pay for very little people. Yeah. I mean, it, they it, shouldn't. This this whole thing, and that's one of the reasons they did the march on, on Washington, the Juggalo March, was to basically say, look, the majority of the Juggalos, as far as how they're seen, they're just normal people that like to, you know, listen to psychopathic records. They like to listen to ICP. You know, they, you know, they probably, probably still listen to Twisted, even though Twisted's not on psychopathic anymore. You know, they just like to listen to that kind of music. They listen to Tech Nine. They listen to, you know, Three Six Mafia. Three Six Mafia has, if you ever listen to the song Body Parts. Uh, they talk about putting body parts into a trunk of a car, but nobody ever ha nobody ever says, "Oh, well, like you know, the Three Six Mafia fans are basically gang members." Yeah, they're just chopping people up. It's I a mean, slippery slope when you start getting to the point where you start calling an entire fan base a gang, because if you look at it, you could basically say that all of uh, Slipknot's maggots are a gang, right? Because you could. I mean, there's there's some things that Slipknot's people uh, has done that doesn't have anything to do with Corey telling him to do it yeah or anything like that but this is it's really a prejudice of the fbi to punish a large group of people for small group of people but it feels like that's what everyone wants to do whether it's immigrants or whatever everyone wants to punish large groups for very very small groups and the ICP thing is just one of the stars. And you're like, oh, well, they should be because these horrible crimes these people committed in the Juggalo name, they, they should be considered a gang. It's like, okay, what, what happens when it starts coming after something that you love? Yeah. You know, what if, you know, one of your kids just likes ICP and he's in one of these states or one of these areas and they're like, oh, well, your kid's a gang member now. <laughs> When it affects you, it's different. When it doesn't affect you, I think that people just kind of be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense because this is what I've been told about them. But it's not the high percentage. It's the low percentage. Yeah. And one of the things I thought was interesting about uh, the interview that Jay and Shaggy did on, uh, on uh, Sway in the Morning on Shade 45, when they went on there and did the interview... They, when they were talking to Sway, they basically said that, uh, or Violent J said that one of the reasons that they have this classification now is money related. Because if you go to, uh, to the FBI, for example, and you say that, well, we have gang activity inside of our town, you get federal assistance for that. You get money for the town and you get additional law enforcement for your town and you know money and everything else uh, I would assume weapons and things like that to basically combat the gang element inside your town now if you're in the middle of like Iowa for example which isn't too far away from Detroit right and you say well we have juggalos in our town so we basically have gang activity we have gang presence because we see hatchet men tattoos we see people wearing the merchandise you can now call up to the FBI and say we have juggalo gang activity in our town even though it's just a bunch of kids listening to some music and maybe smoking weed or something like that they now they will send the FBI will now send 
uh, extra money, government funding to that town to bolster it. So Jay's basically saying, you know, all they have to do is say, oh, we have juggalos in our town because we've seen enough of them that now they can get all this additional federal money. It's money related. That's the entire reason that this happened. Because it's a very easy way to get a gang listed in your city. Because Latin Kings and the Aryan Brotherhood and the Klan and all these different ones, the Crips, the Bloods, those are like big gangs. They're not going to go into little small podunk towns that have like 3,000 people in it. But if you have like 50 juggalos in that town, oh, you can actually be listed as a gang town now and you'll get federal assistance. Yep. Uh, that's called government corruption. Right. Uh, and we're not super political on this show. We're never going to be super political. Yeah, that's that's something that we, we just needed to get out there. And we, look, we all know how to defeat the Jaguars. They tell us how you can get rid of them. Rusty Axe. They got to learn voodoo. They need a fat bitch named Bridget. And a yeah. sip of Fago. All they want is their shit. <laughs> and then they're out of here. Until I get my shit in this bitch, I won't never die. <laughs> Did you not listen to Jay when he spoke the truth? He told you. Now there you go. There's your answer. Right. <laughs> but I, I think some of the hate that people have for ICP comes from stuff like this because they all, one of the things that people always say, like if you tell somebody like, oh, yeah, I listen to ICP, and they're like, oh, so you're like one of them juggalo assholes. It's like, eh, no, not, not exactly. It depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about the people that want to do – uh, crimes in the name of Juggalos thinking that you're going to get props from Violent J and Shaggy. Violent J and Shaggy don't actually endorse any of the stuff that they talk about in their music. They're not telling people, hey, you got to go out and kill people with axes and hatchets. They don't tell people to do that stuff. It's music. It's fantasy. You know? It, it'd basically be like you listening to somebody like Slayer or Slipknot or yeah. basically any band ever. Yeah. It, you could even go as far as just say like Britney Spears. If you did half the stuff she said in her songs, you'd probably have AIDS. <laughs> I just think that to a degree, <laughs> um, that one caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting you to drop her out there like that as a reference. Um, but it's a slippery slope because when you start talking about you know an entire fan base being labeled as a gang. It, it's just going to get worse from there because what happens to free speech? So now you're going to have some people that are like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about certain stuff because if my fans start doing it, then I'm going to get labeled as a gang leader. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that Marilyn Manson puts in his music, you know, that's, you know, not exactly stuff that you want to do in real life. Marilyn Manson has done a ton of drugs in his life. Marilyn Manson <laughs> also, by the way, most people hate him. Not a bad guy. No, he's actually he's like a very family oriented person. Pretty dude, good dude. Um, and yeah. he does drugs, but that's his business. That's his business. He doesn't really hurt anything. I mean, he basically, quick, uh, kick Twiggy Ramirez out of his band after all the weird stuff happened with him. Like, hey, I'm not cool with that. Yeah. Like. You know, drugs, party, and stuff like that. That's just kind of rock star stuff. I mean, whether you agree, it, whether it's right or wrong, I mean, Elvis died because of it. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, some of the greatest of all time, you know, it, it was drug-related stuff, just rock star things, depression. Jim Morrison. Yeah, Jim Morrison was highly depressed. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, even uh, so you can judge Monroe. them. How you, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. I mean, you can you can judge people how you want to, but the thing about it is, just because they're rich and famous doesn't necessarily mean they're happy. Um, yeah, and uh, I think part of it is that there's a certain point that you get to where the what you talk about in your music, do people really take that seriously? And it's like when you when you look at somebody like Rick Ross. Okay, Rick Ross. He was basically a um, he was a correctional officer at a jail, right? Um, and throughout most of his lyrics, he talks about slinging cocaine. You know, he talks about like you know he knew Noriega and like all of this stuff. I'm pretty sure he's done like literally none of that. It's basically it's gang fantasy, is what it is. And when you look at a lot of these rappers, that's what they talk about. You know, they talk about dealing drugs. They talk about guns. They talk about having their cars. They use a lot of the N-word. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons why sometimes I can't sing along to rap because there's too many N-words in it. And I yeah, can't follow that's... along. So ICP, I'm, I'm free from that because the only N-word they use is ninja. <laughs> that's a lot better for a lot of people. That doesn't, that doesn't sting as bad when you hear it. Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, Bill Isley style an awesome ninja track. Right, yeah, ninja, ninja, rat. Ninja. But uh, ninja, rat. but uh, <laughs> we've mentioned Vanilla Ice many times in this one. That is crazy. Too, yeah, by the way. we are not huge Vanilla Ice fans. We're not huge Vanilla Ice fans. But we don't hate them either. So that, yeah, that's that's kind of cool that that happened this way. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think ultimately what it comes down to is that sometimes, as as we say, is that sometimes like hate for certain things is not justified. And a lot of times hate kind of spreads like a virus because one person will say something and then a few idiots believe it and then a few more people believe it and then it starts to catch. I mean, how do you think something like Rush Limbaugh happens? Rush Limbaugh doesn't believe practically about 100% of what he says, but he's a shock jock. He says stuff to get people riled up, but there's a ton of people that hate Rush Limbaugh. There's people that hate Howard Stern. There's a plenty of people out there that have people that hate them. There's people that hate John Oliver, like really, really super hard. But the thing is, is that they're allowed to say what they want to say, and they're allowed to have their viewpoints. If we ever did the John Oliver one, I, I would want him here. Yeah, I really it'd be like, would. it'd be like John. We need you here. We have no graphics. We have no budget. We, it, we have nothing unless <laughs> like our people give us something. But we yeah. have nothing. But we. <laughs> we would like him here to defend himself, by the way. Right. And uh, we're, we're not, I don't think we can cure the virus, but maybe we can call it a little bit. And uh, Yeah, get people to start thinking for themselves. If somebody says like, oh, well, you know, I, I hate this particular group, ICP. It's just a couple of, you know, dumb white guys in clown paint that have like ridiculous lyrics and somehow they make millions and millions of dollars. Well, they wouldn't make that money if they weren't at least saying something. What they say does appeal to people. I mean, you can talk about the murder and you can talk about all the crazy stuff and and the different things that they that they do. But the thing that you can't deny is that people relate to their stuff. That's the reason they sell the records that they do. That's the reason people uh, buy their merchandise. They have an entire festival that they make called the Gathering of the Juggalos. How many other people do you know can put together like an entire Woodstock-style festival for uh, for one record label? Do you ever see Roadrunner Records really do anything like that? Slipknot does. Well, Slipknot does, but Slipknot's powerful enough to do that. Slipknot's also signed to a major label. Guess what ICP isn't? 
They're not signed to a major label. No. They do the gathering of the Juggalos basically by themselves. But Slipknot basically ended up taking over Ozfest. Yeah, basically. And they started there, which is pretty awesome. I mean, what they do is an Ozfest, but the whole format is. Yeah, it's basically the Ozfest yeah, style. Uh, so it's pretty pretty awesome. And uh, we could do this all night. Yeah, Actually, we could. Uh, Defending ICP is something I have to do on a regular basis because there's a lot of people that hate those guys. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that's good, and I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're gonna leave you on uh, uh, a good note, um, and this has been Beyond the Hate. We'll see you next time. Bye.